Hello and welcome back to another episode of Witch Fix. I'm on a little bit of a roll as far as games is going at the moment. Maybe it's just because I got quite a few of them as presents, although funnily enough I did not get this one as a present. I actually purchased this one myself from obviously eBay. But I think it's just because one of the things that I quite like about this podcast actually is that it's making me go further to look for games that I might enjoy because usually I stick to the same couple of games. I replay Dragon Age and Mass Effect quite a lot and I haven't really played any new games um, that I didn't have to play for the podcast simply because like I find it quite stressful to play new games where I don't really know the mechanics or what I'm meant to be doing and it can be quite annoying and playing games is something that I do to relax so it's not really something that I want to get into and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I get enough of that from life. But in this case, I had to give this one a go. Um, it was after I played Sherlock Holmes Crime and Punishment. I was looking for games that were similar mystery solving game. And I did a little bit of Googling and I found this one. Now, this one is Murdered Soul Suspect by Square Enix. And it was released in 2014 and I hadn't heard of it or seen anyone I watch like Let's Plays of on YouTube actually play it because I guess it wasn't their thing so it just entered my consciousness when I was looking for mystery solving games but my interest was piqued by two things. One, it has quite a unique selling point in it which I'll tell you about in a second and also it's set in the town of Salem. Now the unique selling point is that you are a detective who right at the start of the game is murdered and you have to track down the serial killer who killed you and try and solve that crime. And I thought well if there's ghosts and it's in Salem, witches cannot be far away. So I went to eBay and I checked how much it is and whether I could afford to like take a punt on it. And the one that I bought was actually only £2, which is quite low for a game that only came out four years ago. There are games that I've bought, like 360 games, that cost about £8, and those came out like 10 years ago, maybe more. So I wasn't exactly hopeful with this one, because I know Square Enix mostly as like Final Fantasy type games and I, those don't really appeal to me and also like the Lara Croft games um, and I haven't really played many of those either so I wasn't expecting to like it that much and I thought well because of the low price and the low opinion I was finding in like reviews and stuff this is probably going to be one for the bad bin but I might as well play it for the podcast because it'll be funny. However I did actually end up really enjoying it and I finished it in about two days of continuous playing I just didn't want to leave it alone it was a lot of fun and really immersive and interesting so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it so you can get it for the Xbox 360 but I played it on the Xbox one and I don't really know how it plays on the 360 I'm guessing the same but with slightly not as good graphics the graphics themselves aren't great but they're not terrible um they're probably a little bit lower than I would expect from an Xbox One game, but I guess that's because it was probably not made for the Xbox One. The general plot is that you are a detective called Ronan and your wife is dead. Uh, she's murdered quite a while before the start of the game and you come from a criminal family, possibly a sort of mafia family. But anyway, you get killed at the start by the bell killer, serial killer, and you get up again as a ghost, a la Patrick Swayze in Ghost. And you start using your newly acquired ghost powers to try and solve not just your murder, but the string of bell killer murders. And also trying to find the missing mother of a teenage psychic 
who is involved in the case as well. The teenage psychic is called Joy, even though she is quite not joyous. She's actually quite sarcastic and snappy, which I appreciated. And with her, you go to several different locations in an attempt to first to find her and then to continue your investigation. So you go to places like a church, a graveyard, an old quarantine hospital, which is like adjacent to the graveyard, uh, a mental asylum and like various other locations as well, including a museum with an exhibit on the witch trials, which was pretty cool. The witch trials actually play quite a big part in the game, which I was hoping that they would, um, because there's quite a lot of mediums and stuff. Um, you find out that quite a lot of the victims had connections to that sort of thing, and a lot of the murders were pretty witch hunt themed. I don't want to give away too much of the plot, but there is definitely a lot of witchy stuff in there, which is pretty cool. I'll get into the actual like detective gameplay in a second, because that's going to take a bit of discussing. But aside from that, you have some stealth elements some puzzle solving elements, which mainly involve like how to get into different areas when as a ghost, you can't pass through ghost objects, which are like, I think things that they've put in just to stop you being able to like have free run of the map, which I appreciate because you need limits. Um, so ghost objects are like, like silvery kind of projections from the past, like uh, a train in the museum which is like part of an old train crash and different bits like in the quarantine hospital in the graveyard there's bits from that old-fashioned quarantine hospital that have kind of impinged through modern day stuff and you can't pass through those objects you can walk through walls but you can't get into buildings unless a door or window is open because Salem being consecrated which is a bullshit reason but one that explains a necessary gameplay mechanic so I'll let it go Aside from that, you, there are also occasionally demons, which you have to sneak up behind and exercise or banish or whatever you want to call it using a quick button mash sequence. And if they catch you, they will like chase you and kill you. And you can't really fight them aside from sneaking up behind them. So there's some stealth elements in there as well. Now, the actual detectiving is not what I would call detectiving. So, for example, in Sherlock Holmes, you have to gather evidence, process that evidence and then form conclusions. And by linking those conclusions together, you find your way to a scenario in which you can pinpoint who the killer is. You do not do that in this game. What you do is you go around various places, you find the specific number of clues it wants you to find in certain areas. And then it poses you a question like, what was the killer doing here? And you have to pick the three or two or one bit of most important evidence. However, most important in what respect is something the game leaves up to you and will joyfully tell you that you're wrong every time you click on something that isn't what you want to click on, which is quite frustrating. So for the one that I just used an example, why was the killer here? You could say it was because he was looking for the psychic's mum or he was looking for the psychic herself, or he had broken in to look for something that he had left behind, or other things that are like all true in that scene, but only one of them is right. And like at your own murder scene, you have to look at things and you have to pick the most important fact about the case. Apparently the most important fact about the case is that you have been murdered. Not that you were killed with your own gun, not any of the other like actual things that I would class as being quite unique and important about the crime. No, the fact that a crime has taken place, that's the most important fact about this crime. So if you go into it expecting to do detective work, you're going to be disappointed. 
if you go into it expecting it to be a sort of walking simulator where you have to go around exploring in kind of clever thorough ways to find collectibles and to just enjoy the environment that you're in and navigate it without getting murdered by demons you'll probably have more fun in terms of collectibles there are quite a lot a lot of them are like notes so there's like notes about your wife's life notes about the killer there's weird kind of hologram ghost events from your life there's historical facts and plaques about salem and there are ghost story mementos so in each area there's a specific item that you'll see a lot of like in the church it's a saw you find a sort of shimmery ghost patch you reveal the item and collect it and once you've collected like 13 you get an achievement and you can watch that ghost story for that area you also meet a little creepy puritan ghost girl at the beginning and you can collect her creepy puritan ghost girl drawings that you find throughout the world so in terms of collectible hunting it is pretty fun um, it's nice because there are some rooms that you have to like work out how to get into using the different ghost powers that you unlock so that can make you feel quite clever but in terms of the detective element you're not going to find a lot to make you feel particularly intelligent because the game is very firmly leading you around by the nose Another element of the gameplay that I found routinely irritating is that it's quite dictatorial about when you can do things. So there's parts where you have to poltergeist electrical equipment so that Joy can sneak past distracted guards. I was poltergeisting like a printer or something so paper was coming out but the guard wasn't moving and there was nothing else in the area that I could interact with to make him move so I was like quite confused. And it turns out I was meant to talk to Joy so she could tell me I needed to distract the guard, even though I'd already been doing the distraction thing already. I had to talk to her before I could do it again, which was pretty annoying. Another negative which might not bother some people, but definitely bothered me at the beginning, is that the protagonist looks like an absolute tosser. He's wearing a kind of fedora-y hat. He's wearing like a black vest, but with like his shirt sleeves rolled up. He's constantly holding a cigarette and smoking, and he's got some of the most generic, stupid tattoos all over his arms, which are like meant to be moments from his life, but they just look like stuff you'd go in and point out on the wall and go, I want some flowers with the word death on top. Ink me up, bitch. So he has quite a lot of those, and he basically looks like he belongs in like L.A. Noir or like a noir detective film where he plays like the son of a gangster he doesn't really look like he belongs in the modern day which is quite weird um, but you do kind of get used to that as you go through the game <laughs> it just annoyed me to start with so i've said quite a few of the negatives but i do have quite a long list of positives i really enjoyed the game and that was mostly due to the fact that you had really interesting powers and it was a really interesting way to navigate the world so you can walk through walls which is like the first thing that you can do as a ghost and that helps you to get into new areas like getting into mausoleums and other people's apartments you can also possess people you can influence their memories so that they do specific things or reveal specific information you can also mind read you can eavesdrop on conversations that they're having or you can look through their eyes at certain things all of these are context specific so you can't do those things to everyone you can only do those to people you meant to but you can possess and mind read everyone which is quite fun if you're just going around and you want to know what people are thinking you can also possess cats i guess other animals as well but in the game it is just cats and you use them to climb up the outside of buildings to get into 
rooms to serve the plot so you can find people but also to get to different areas and get collectibles from those areas which is pretty cool later on in the game i think about halfway through you get the ability to teleport which works basically like blink does in dishonored you place a marker and then you teleport to it and that helps you get through like small gaps or gaps where like things are blocking your way you also have the ability to reveal or banish objects some ghost objects can be interacted with in this way you can make them disappear so you can continue walking in a certain direction or you can like reveal a set of stairs so you can reach a higher level my game was kind of bugged because those things are meant to kind of vibrate and shiver so you know you can interact with them but mine weren't after a certain point in the game which made them very frustrating to find because you have to basically be nose to nose with the door before it's like oh yeah you can move this door but if your game isn't bugged i expect that would be a lot easier to use joy and ronan as well as like the two main characters probably like the only characters you really spend any time with they have really good dynamic because she's so like sarcastic and kind of bitchy and he's so hardened noir detective so that's quite entertaining and it's quite nice to see their relationship growing and changing also the game is atmospheric as fuck like Although you are only getting attacked by demons in very specific circumstances and you do hear the demons scream before you like get to them, so you always kind of know it's going to be there, you feel in danger quite a lot of the time because the score of the game is quite simmering, angry violins. There's these weird kind of spectral ghost presences of like oldie fashioned people that look like photograph negatives that disappear as you get to them everywhere is like foggy it's all nighttime. it's very creepy and weird and yeah it put me on edge even though i i knew academically that nothing was going to jump out and attack me and i knew that i was the scary ghost so nothing really that bad could happen to me it did make me like creep around the corridors like oh my god i'm gonna get murdered even though i had already been murdered in terms of replay value it's very very story driven like there aren't alternative paths you can really take through the story it's pretty linear but there are collectibles that you could go back and replay the game to get it doesn't really let you free roam after you've completed the plot so if you want to get all the collectibles you have to be damn sure that you've gotten all of them before you go into the final mission and um, i got quite close i managed to fill up a few categories but some of them i was missing one or two things because i wasn't really paying attention at the start of the game i will freely admit that the start of the game is also quite slow so i think that would be quite frustrating if you wanted to play it again immediately but you can skip quite a lot of the cutscenes, which is useful in terms of witchy content which is basically obviously why we're here i don't want to give away too much of the plot but as i said a lot of the crimes and the investigations do take you to some witchy places and do involve quite a lot of witchy stuff although it tends to talk more about mediums than it does about actual witches there is quite a lot of stuff about the witch trials and things like that and that's also quite interesting you also see some pretty witchy stuff um, when you go to joy's house she's got like an altar and a spell book and stuff in her room and there's a lot of like witch symbolism and things that you encounter on the way through it so it did give me those witchy spooky feels which i appreciated enormously most importantly it's like two pounds so if you invest in any of the games that i've talked about on this podcast which i think you should because most of them are pretty good this one is definitely the cheapest it's not very long you can probably finish it in about 
I would say four hours if you didn't bother to like collect any of the collectible stuff and if you didn't get particularly stuck. Um, if you wanted to do all the collectible stuff it would probably take a bit longer but not a huge amount. I think it probably took me only about six hours to play the game end to end so you know it's, it's quite short but it is quite cheap and also enjoyable and definitely has just enough witchy content to make me think it's worth getting for any fan of witches in games when you might be a bit frustrated by the general lack of available media out there. So take a look, find a copy of Murdered Soul Suspect and let me know what you think. You can get in touch on Twitter which is at witchfix and by gmail which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!